gosh, it's Dylan with Strikeout Beer. <laughs> Strikeout Beer's in the house. I am Dylan with the award-winning podcast on and off the field. Award-winning podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, here we go. Welcome to the show, everybody. We are Durfless. We are Durfless this week. Should be the should be the last week we're Durfless. Well, I can't say the last week like ever, but at least for now, we're Durfless in this moment. And he will be back next week. That is fine. We will survive. We will find a way to get through this. The screen screen just isn't doing it. Looks weird. DJ, what's up? Strike up beard. Thanks for the share. <coughs> Excuse me. Thank you for that share. Dos Primos, yeet, yeet. What's going on, Dos Primos? Yo, thanks for the likes, everybody. We got Brandon Strikeout Beard, Dylan, CEO of NSM. What's going on, man? Gonna give NSM. I got, I got a spiel here for you. I got a spiel that I got to give everybody. So let me throw it up here. Welcome to On Off the Field, everybody. We have a great show. We do have a good show. It should be a shorter show. We're, we're derfless, as I said. So I don't want to bore you with just me talking. You know, I, I, that can get real old real quick trust me just ask my wife <laughs> got got buttons over here let me shoot you the warm-up this is normally what derf does so i'm out of my element here but i think i can do my best so on and off the field you can follow us on instagram where we have eclipsed 2100 followers we have eclipsed 2100 followers on instagram i don't know why i don't know how but we have so that's pretty sweet uh, so you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, where we're somewhere like 830 followers. Uh, and then you can do Twitter, which is, I'm not good with Twitter. And you can subscribe on YouTube and Twitch, which we're also live on YouTube and Twitch right now as well as Facebook. All of them are at OOTF podcast. Super easy to find. We're the only on and off the field out there. We're the only ones doing this because we're awesome like that. Uh, you can click the link in the video description to get all the other links. I did not put it in there this time because I'm a failure. NSN, you have to follow Notoriety Sports Network. Facebook, Instagram, I believe they have a Twitter too. Notoriety Sports Network is where it's at. Normally I have things up here, but since it's just me, it doesn't work. I don't have a one-person filter, so I'm, I apologize. But NSN, uh, next greatest sports hub in America, they have NSN Philly, NSN Indiana, and NSN Florida, along with just the mothership NSN. Let me tell you, if you're if you're from Philly, Indiana, and Florida, you have to be following those pages because they are epic. I'm not I don't live in any of those, but they're just great pages, great pages that post things relative to their city, but it's great information. Things that really blows my mind away with NSN that they're reporting things before I see it come through on like ESPN or Adam Schefter reports it or stuff. I see them post things before anyone else. And it's it's always true. It's not like they're just throwing fake stuff out there like that one guy on Twitter on Monday, I think, saying Deshaun Watson got traded to the Bears. They don't do fake stuff like that. They let you know what the facts are, and they let they tell you what it is first. They're like, bang, here's news. They're great at it. Uh, make sure you review this podcast. This is a podcast. We do upload it afterwards. But uh, make sure you rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, I guess. We just we, we enjoy that. I haven't checked that in a while. Let's do that real quick. Let's uh, let's check our iTunes real quick, just just because I'm curious. I'm I'm dying to know. 
Uh, hey, look at this. We got a new review from Jordan Eisen. Love it. Great pod. Five stars. Bang, bang. Darren, what's up? My parents are in the house. Follow, liked, shared. Thank you, Darren. What's going on, man? Strikeout Beer says floss. Absolutely. Make sure you are flossing your brains out. Segment is sponsored by Stefan Diggs of the Buffalo Bills. Make sure to floss, folks. It's extremely important. Follow, like, observe, subscribe, and share anything on and off the field related, including this show. Including this show. We are on TikTok as well, but I haven't posted anything in there in months, just so you know. It's there if you're interested, but there's not a whole lot going on. Um, Yeah, that's everything with that. Um, Hashtag not a sponsor. Oh, I, I still have to send him a, I'm going to send a DM to Stefan Diggs and be like, would you like to sponsor our flossing segment? Oh, that's refreshing. Here we go. We have pressure drop brewing. Pressure drop brewing with the deep search hazy IPA, seven and a half percent. Wow. That looks bad with the green screen. Take that away. While Strikeout Beer is here, I have to, because they, they didn't, I don't think they joined in. They were busy doing things. Um, this was our beer selection that they sent us in the mail from Brutal Beer Works. And every single one of these beers was absolutely outstanding. The White Claw was garbage, but we had Gutentag Vienna Lager, a Pilsner, a Blonde, and a hazy IPA from Brutal Beer Works down in Texas, and they were outstanding. Great beers. So thank you. Shout out to Strikeout Beer. Thank you for sending those to us. Um, all right. So our special guest tonight is going to be Greg Allman, and he covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for The Athletic, and he spent 19 years with the Tampa Bay Times, and he's also a co-author of Champa Bay, available from Triumph, Triumph Books. And he's going to be joining us here at the beginning of the show. I just have to call him. We're doing this old-fashioned style, so I pray to God it works because uh, I'm calling him. And we're going to see what happens. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run. Oops. Let me run some. Okay, so that should be working. Let me call. Let me call Mr. Greg. This is... <laughs> extremely different from anything else we have ever done uh, trying to get a guest on because usually we have them join via StreamYard. but i wanted to do what he wanted to do i'm not going to sit here and try and tell someone who covers the tampa Bay buccaneers for the athletic what to do that's not my style don't forget the green button and unmute the bluetooth yeah we good we i think we'll see it looks good it's on it's connected here we go. Let's see if Greg picks up on the first try. Hello. Hey, Greg. Hey, how are you? Good. It's Dylan without it off the field. How are you doing? Doing fine. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, can't thank you enough for taking some time out of your evening to uh to join us. I really appreciate I, it. No problem. No worries. Thanks for having me. So I guess we'll just, I, I already told everyone, you know, covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the athletic spent 19 years, the Tampa Bay times, and also a co-author of Champa Bay available from triumph books. I'm curious yeah, about, you. I'm curious about the book. Uh, 
What's what's that all about? Yeah, it's it, it's wild. Uh, first book for me. Um, very excited about it. Uh, I got to co-write it with uh, Joey Johnson here in Tampa, um, who's been in town for ages here, knows the Bucks up and down. And uh, no, really neat. Uh, came out just barely a week after the Super Bowl. Um, got to kind of go back and and chronicle. You know, this is kind of a season you want to write a book about. So uh, it was really neat to get to do that and and to have it uh, here in Tampa. It's, it's here in stores. You can get it uh, drugstores, CVS, Barnes and Noble, stuff like that. And um, really neat. I think even online. I think today might be the first day online that they're shipping from from Amazon and, and from the, the website there at TriumphBooks.com. Yeah, you definitely want to capture this season. You know, this is the kind of season if you're a Tampa Bay fan, you get that DVD box set that they always have where you get a hat and a towel and stuff. <laughs> it's funny because it's been long enough since the Bucks won a Super Bowl. We're like, do they still make championship DVDs? Like, what are they? <laughs> what are they? It's been 18 years, so technology comes a long way. Yeah, I think they got. I think it's coming out uh, within a month. I think they they're pretty quick in turning out these DVDs. I don't know if they'll get the uh, the hat included or the sneaker phone or what'll come with it, but uh, it'll be nice to see. Well, maybe they can throw your book in there. That'd be nice of them. <laughs> they probably they'll probably have their own uh, rival book before too long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Champa Bay. I've seen a lot of them. Champa Bay, Tampa Bay. I've seen a couple of those different names go through. I like I like Champa Bay. That's a good one. I, I like it. Yeah, it was fun. It definitely, was, especially. I mean, here in here in town. I mean, the Lightning won the Stanley Cup in September, and the Rays went to the World Series in October. Um, so the city has just had a, a great run in the last five six months. Yeah, that was that was a highlighted storyline leading up to the Super Bowl, just amazing what's going on down in, down, down in Tampa, just in Florida in general. The, they've turned their sports teams around down there, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, well, and especially if you have the Super Bowl in town, too, with, with just kind of bonus on top of everything else for fans to get a chance to kind of celebrate in your home stadium. Yeah, home field advantage for the Super Bowl. Never happened, and they won it. Outstanding. Very, very yeah, cool story. Oh, yeah, it'll be neat to see. I don't know whether Los Angeles can pull it off next year, but, I mean, it'll be neat to see how often you know whether it's another uh, fifty years before it happens again, or whether uh, whether somebody can can make good on that again a little sooner before before too long. Well, uh, I guess well I'll jump into my first question here. Um, I don't want to take up too much of your time, obviously. Oh no, sure. But you know, uh, just as the season started progressing, going back in time, knowing where we are now, but Tampa, uh, you know, Tampa Bay brings in Tom Brady. They bring in Gronk. There was already a lot of pieces in place on the offense and the defense. When when all this started coming together week one, everyone's on the field. It was a crazy off season. Did you know this was going to happen? At, like, what was your gauge at at the beginning of the season? Like, man, we could really win a Super Bowl with all these pieces. Yeah, I definitely didn't expect uh, a championship. I mean, I I had kind of thought going into the year, um, knew they would be much improved, knew they would be a playoff team, and it had been whatever thirteen years since it even had that here. So that would have been a big step forward. And, and I, I really didn't think they'd win the division. I didn't think they'd be a better team than the Saints during the regular season. Um, but what I, I did always say is that if you get in the playoffs and, and Tom Brady's your quarterback, you know, a lot of good things can happen. And they certainly made good on that. Yeah, anything's possible with TB12 on your team, apparently. I mean, you won six yeah, before. I and that way. I, I, did, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't say it thinking that meant a Super Bowl in the first year. But uh, the way things came together was really impressive to, to see, you know, to go from – being seven and five and then winning their last four of the regular season and really just kind of ramping up from there. I mean, you go three straight road playoff games. You go to Washington, to New Orleans, to Green Bay, and then uh, and then beat the defending champs, you know, with, with Kansas City. It was really a remarkable four-game stretch there, especially in the postseason. Yeah, I 
nobody saw that Super Bowl coming. I, I don't think there's not a single person I think on this planet that would have said, you know, what's going to happen in that Super Bowl? Patrick Holmes is going to be running from his life from a passer <laughs> from a four man rush, and Tampa yeah. Bay will just run away with it. it. No one would have said that. I don't think anyone said that. Yeah, it's one of those where you, know, you saw a lot of people that kind of I, I picked the Bucks to win by three. I think a lot of people, you know, saw a high scoring game, maybe where the Bucks kind of outscore the Chiefs, just outshoot them. Uh, my dad actually had uh, it's like he, my mom and dad always write down their score predictions on a pad of paper before the game, and my dad had him winning like something I've seen like forty five twenty one. He's like the only person I know that, that saw a twenty point win coming in that game uh, before things started. Yeah, and I got a couple people in my comment section on the live show saying that they said that too. So I, I, I guess course. I'm wrong. I don't. Everyone wants to come out and say they're right yeah. afterwards. I didn't see it beforehand, but you know that's we'll let it go. That's fine. Um, yeah, Patrick Mahomes' first double-digit loss since I believe high school. It, the past four or five years, he's been playing football, never lost by double digits. Just the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just turned him inside out. It was a crazy yeah, the, game. The, the defense was really almost the better story. I mean, obviously Brady was just a, to see things come together for him getting another championship. But that defense, I mean, you think about that defense in in back to back to back games. You know, beating Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes, you know, three Super Bowl MVP quarterbacks and ending all of their seasons in succession with, with a ton of turnovers. I mean, they, I think Saints had four turnovers against the Bucks. Green Bay, you know, I think only had two. And Rodgers had a pretty good game, but to turn them away and keep them out of the end zone the way they did. And, and then Mahomes, I mean, the, the pressure and the just the way they kind of took advantage of an opportunity with that offensive line dealing with some injuries was really impressive and, and, and speaks well of all the job that, that Todd Bowles was able to do with this defense. So I guess that kind of leads into my next question, especially the defense. These offseason plans to try and keep this together. A lot of guys, you know, franchise tags floating around a couple of people's names. I've seen Chris Godwin is one of them. A couple guys want long-term deals. Vita Vey, he comes in. He was a big part of that Super Bowl. What what is the main priority here to, that they need to get done so we can try and look at a repeat in Tampa? Yeah, I think it's a lot like last year. I think they want to try and have kind of the core of this defense back. Um, I do think Chris Godwin will be back. I think they'll probably franchise tag him. But if they can get Shaq Barrett back, they can bring Levante David back. I don't think they'll be able to get everybody back. I think Leonard Fournette will probably get more money from another team to go somewhere else. Um, they might not be able to keep Antonio Brown, but I think they'll bring Robert Ronkowski back. There's a ton of, of free agents. Um, but I do think there's definitely some sentiment of, of wanting to keep the band together and, and want to try and have another run. You know, I think they'll be a better team next year. Um, they'll probably have an easier path to a Super Bowl. You think about New Orleans and the trouble they're in with, with all kinds of salary cap issues and Drew Brees looking at retirement. Um, I think the NFC South will kind of be theirs for the taking. And I mean, if, if they can be a division champ, now all of a sudden you're talking about home playoff games, if not a buy in the playoffs, and just a much easier path. You, you still have to get it done in the playoffs. That's always going to be the toughest part. But I think uh, I think you'll you'll see a you know a team that has an easier path to get there next year. Yeah, like you said earlier, just a couple of minutes ago, they won three road playoff games. If they win the division and can host home playoff games. <laughs> I mean, complete opposite. If you can win the road ones, you should be able to win the home ones, right? That's what you're looking for. Yeah, I mean, they were they were almost a better team on the road this past year. They had a better record before the postseason, and then get three three row wins. I mean, it was almost a, a disadvantage when they came off the road to to play in Tampa, but they they certainly got it done in, in the big one there. 
maybe Tom Brady started getting used to the heat. It started cooling down as the season went on, I guess. It took him a little while to get used to the Tampa heat. That's that's probably what Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> I can remember even back in summer, uh, Bruce Arians talking about Rob Gronkowski kind of being in New England shape but not being in Tampa shape. It's, it's definitely a, a different uh, a different beast. I mean, Tom's played some games in Miami over the years, but to play an entire season, uh, I think, was probably some adjust- adjustment. We have Greg. Uh, make sure I get your, your last name right as well. Greg Almond. Greg yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Greg Almond, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers reporter for The Athletic on the show. Um, my next question here, we got expectations for Tom Brady. Now, it was, he only signed a two-year deal, if memory serves me correctly, so we're entering the second year. How what What's the expectation moving forward? He's getting older. Let's say they do win another Super Bowl, and he wants to keep just doing what he's doing. Is there an expectation that he stays around in Tampa? He just this is going to be his new home. No, I mean it's one of those where I mean I think he could easily finish his career here. Um, you know, I, again, I'm not going to put an end date on things because because it's Brady, and I mean he hasn't shown any signs of dropping off. Think about, it. I mean, he threw more touchdowns this year than any Super Bowl winning quarterback in history, and he did it at, at age 43. So, um, you know, I think there's going to be doubters that say, can he do it at 44? And we'll see how that goes and then kind of go from there. But, no, I think if anything right now, I mean, if they win a Super Bowl next year, again, I, I kind of go back to the uh, the Elway idea of, of just going out on top. I mean, if he can go out with two Super Bowls in two years in Tampa, I would not uh, fault him walking away happy with those, you know, eight championships at that point. Um, but if he doesn't win a championship, I, I think there's every chance that he could be back for a third year and play at 45. That's a number he talked about for a long time. He's wanting to play until he's 45. Um, you know, it just depends more than anything else on, on his physical shape. I mean, he was in amazingly good shape this year. Um, had a little bit of a knee issue. He got taken care of now, but, but didn't miss any games with injury. He hasn't missed a start due to injury since 2008. So you're talking about 13 seasons right now. Uh, so, like I said, I think it definitely any question about how long he goes, you know, is contingent upon him continuing to pl- to play remarkably healthy football, among among other things. I'm curious how long it's going to take other quarterbacks of the future to do what Tom Brady does to take care of himself to be able to play at 43, 44, 45. <laughs> what I think the number what well, he puts a million dollars just new into his body, or maybe that was LeBron James. I don't remember who that was, but he takes care oh, of himself. It's it's crazy yeah, what I he mean, does. I don't know if you if you looked at the TB12 book and read his book. It's kind of part workout book and part diet book. Um, but the just the amount of thought he puts into everything that goes in his body. Uh, you get him going about hydration. Like he, he wants you to take a, a half ounce of water for every pound that you weigh every day. So if you weigh, uh, let's say, just to throw out a number, 210 pounds, that's 105 ounces of water that he wants you drinking every day. That's six and a half gallons of water. That he wants you drinking. Um, no, I guess that's not right. Not six, but 105 ounces of water anyway, which is a lot more than most people drink. And in terms of the foods to avoid, I I kind of realized when I got to that section that not, that might not be the uh, the diet for me. Um, you need to be a little bit more committed to the cause than I think I am in my age right now. I would be scared to see what he has to say about foods that you should be eating, and then comparing it to what I do eat. <laughs> I'd be terrified. Yeah, like on my best day, I'm still falling woefully short of, of what he would like to see you put in your body and, and keep track of. Uh, but again, that's why he's 43 years old and winning a Super Bowl. Absolutely. he's He's got the formula figured out. I mean, that's that's for sure. Um, there is one, you know, the one question that's on everyone's minds. That 
you have to give me your opinion on the fact that Green Bay Packers Aaron Rodgers is now confirmed engaged to actress Shalene Woodley. I top sports news that's going around right now. I mean, that had what else is there to talk about? I tell you, Aaron Rodgers is, is living life. I mean, for a guy that did, you know obviously didn't get the the outcome he wanted on the field, uh, you know, to be happily engaged and get married, he's guest hosting Jeopardy for ten days. Uh, I feel like he's, he's, you know, surrounding himself with good things, even if things didn't work out in Green Bay the way he wanted to. Um, that was kind of the toughest part. Is, is you, you think about these playoff matchups, and every time Brady's going up against some really good quarterbacks. I mean, you go up against Drew Brees, and Brady's got six titles, and Brees has one, and you go up against Rodgers, and it's the same thing. I mean, both amazing careers, top five all-time quarterback numbers. And Brady's got six titles, and Rodgers has one, and he sends him off packing. Uh, it's cold, but that's 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 what he does. So I felt bad for for Aaron Rodgers to, to have the year he had and be an MVP, and still see your season go down at the hands of another Tom Brady playoff team. Yeah, MVPs are nice, but championships always feel feel a little bit better. It's always good to get that team award. But at least he's living life elsewhere. He's engaged. He's a ha- he's a happy man, I'd like to think, to some degree. No, happy for him there, and we've got commercials <laughs> about every three minutes on TV. Yeah, very true. All right. all right, so I, I got two more quick questions for you. The, the okay. running question for the show of 2021, we've asked, former, we've asked former NFL players, ESPN radio hosts, very important question, cake or pie? Oh, man, I am not really a huge cake guy. I'll, I'll say pie, honestly. Yeah, I'll, I'll say pie if I had to. I, I, I enjoy both, but I, I probably prefer pie. Yeah, pie, pie is definitely the leading candidate for so far this year. We might have to throw a mix in there, or else pie is just going to run away with it. <laughs> yeah, and second, it's not even like I can say pie is like healthier. I think I just prefer it. <laughs> it it's, it's, I, think, I feel like it's got more varieties with pies. you got right. a bunch of different yeah, there's, kinds. There's, there's not a lot of cake or pie in the TV 12 book. It's not a conversation that happens <laughs> in the Brady household. Yeah. I don't, unless he's got like a spinach pie in there or something. I'm not, right, I'm not sure. Pie or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and all right. Then my last question is, this is on and off the field. We like to talk about um, charitable actions of athletes off the field foundations that they might run. Like for example, we make a very big episode out of the Walter Payton man of the year award. So we just wanted to ask you the question. If you have any specific charities or foundations that you're a part of, or that you're just real as close to your heart that you want to educate our audience the audience about, for me, yeah. Oh, in terms of causes, anything like that. I mean, uh, honestly, I mean, there's a million. But uh, I, I start out with uh, I'm here in Tampa, and the, the cause that I keep pushing for here is the Moffitt Cancer Center. Um, I, I it was me. We did a call in show that did uh, matching charities going in, and I got to do that one for, for Tampa, and they were matching donations. Uh, Moffitt Cancer Center in Tampa does a great amount of work. Um, I've been there as a patient. My wife has, her mother has. Uh, they do a great amount of work, help a ton of people here, um, and, and to walk around there and see how many people uh, lives are in their hands. It, it's really neat to see the work they do. So I'm, I'm very thankful for everything they do there. That, that's where I would start for sure. That, that's tough work they do there, and they do, yeah, any any cancer hospitals is we have a one here in buffalo that josh allen's close to the oshai um children's hospital they have here oh, okay yeah so it, yeah the amazing work that all those doctors nurses everyone does that's we, we they've been a big year for them the past year 2020 obviously with covid oh, going around and, and i mean it's, it's nice to see them 
kind of get the respect and the appreciation that they deserved all along. I mean, I think COVID's kind of brought that to the forefront, but uh, but great work all over, not just in Moffitt, but uh, at similar places all over the country. All right. Well, Greg, thank you very, very much for coming on the show, giving us some Buccaneers insight. Yeah, I can't, can't thank you enough. Oh, no problem. Thanks, Dan, for having me. You have a good one. You too. Bye. All right. That was Greg Amon of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the Athletic. He also has his, he was a co-author for Champa Bay, which is available online. I hope he enjoyed that. I try, you know, I I tried to make it, you know, make as much sense as possible. I have to go back because I saw daddy dabs in here. He said, what's a balloon's least favorite music. This dude said pop music. That ain't it, fam. <laughs> that ain't it. <laughs> oh, let's see. What else did I miss? We got a yeet yeet skirt skirt up in here. Um, <laughs> it, it was a simple call in, Ryan. It was a call in. He was not. Uh, we didn't stream yard him in. Can't hate him. Dude's a fantastic athlete. I don't know sports, but he's extremely talented. I'm assuming that is Brady. Josh is in here. Brady's the GOAT. What do you mean this? I saw you. Actress Shalene, Shailene Woodley confirmed her engagement to Green Bay Packers Aaron Rodgers. How is that not on your mind? That's all I could think about this entire day. That's all I that's, was just running through my mind all day. I could think about nothing else. Pizza or flatbread? I mean, yeah, I wasn't going to ask him that because pizza is going to win every time. What do you even do with flatbread? Ask him, Pete and Hall. <laughs> Dude, coming in with the pie. Yeah, I, I got to uh, let me run through the rest of these comments. And I got something else here. Bring this man back. A. A. Bone and her boneless wings. Boneless wings are chicken wings or like, you know, chicken nuggies. Chicken nugs. Boneless wings are just nugs. So that's a that question doesn't work unless you just say chicken wings or chicken nugs. You can't say boneless wings. It's, it's just a nug. Pie all day is cheesecake considered a pie or cake? It's right there in the question. Uh <laughs> cheese cake. Uh but Ryan says it's a custard though. It's a custard. Okay. I get that. Boneless swings are just chicken. Okay, Daddy, you beat me there. There we go. Boneless swings are just chicken nugs. There they are. Uh, mind blown on that. I like how the sports podcast is all about food in the chat. This is why you guys are here. You guys are great. Um, Ryan, it's only right. Great interview. Hey, thanks. I feel like that was probably one of our more professional interviews that we've done this year. Usually we just talk for like an hour with these guys. I wrote my questions down. I was ready to roll. I feel like that went well. Hopefully he thinks so too. He probably hung up the phone and went, thank God that's over. Pop music. <laughs> yeah, that was solid. All right. We got some other sports here. Let's see if we can let's see if we can talk about some sports. Um keep the keep the conversation going in the chat. I just got some things to talk about, you know. I, I got some stuff to talk about. I it's been two weeks. It's been two weeks since we've um talked. Because we weren't on last week. And I'm sure Durf will have a lot to talk about next week when he's back. The first and foremost is Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods was in a single car accident this morning. He suffered multiple leg injuries, but 
Uh, it doesn't seem to be life-threatening injuries, but his um, it's hard to believe that he will professionally golf again until maybe if he recovers, he'll be very old person. He'll be on like the um, that tour with the old people. I don't remember what it's called. He'll be on the old person tour if he ever recovers. His days on the PGA tour are over. I I pray that nothing comes out of this saying he was driving drunk, he was on some kind of drugs. It's, I pray none of that comes out. Like none of that is true. I just you know maybe hit some black ice, something weird happened. But we we're praying for him. Hopefully, you know he can still walk. I don't know what multiple leg injuries mean. He's going through surgeries right now, but it's not life threatening at this moment. So we. We're thankful for that. We got, I love dry erase boards. They're, oh my God. I love dry erase boards. They're remarkable. What am I going to do with you people? What am I going to do with you people? Unless you use a Sharpie, that's true. Fun fact if you color over a Sharpie with a dry erased marker on a dry erase board, the Sharpie can be erased. That is a fact. That is a fact. Thank you for letting us, you know, the audience is now smarter for hearing that. So thank you for bringing that up. Uh, in baseball, 14-year, $340 million deal for Fernando Tatis Jr. You know, I don't really have, I don't, it's not like I have a problem with athletes getting paid. I definitely don't have a problem with athletes getting paid. They're just getting the revenue that the league makes and they're just, they're making it. So it's all about business. It's not like they're just making money based off of taxpayers or whatever else garbage people come up with. It's the league makes money because of viewership and ticket sales and blah, blah, blah. And they make so much. And then that money gets spent on the players. That's how this works, especially in baseball. It's all about location, location, location. Seattle Mariners can't pay anybody because they're in Seattle. The Yankees can pay everybody because they're in New York City. But Fernando Tatis Jr. with the San Diego Padres, 14 years, $340 million. So you will, my, my main problem with these kind of deals, you know, we saw the one with Bryce Harper. We saw um, Mike Trout and who was the other one? There was another one, but these guys are signing double digit years worth of deals. 14 years, 14 years. There's not a chance he lasts 14 years with the Padres because I know how these athletes think these days, whether that's hockey, football, baseball. I know how this stuff works. Maybe soccer might be the only exception, maybe the only exception. But as soon as the Padres have like a couple down years, once Tatis is the only guy getting paid and everyone else around him sucks, he's going to he's going to want to be traded. It's and he'll last maybe five years of this deal and then he'll be on another team. That's how these things work. I don't understand the 14 year thing. I don't. If you really think you're going to be able to keep Fernando Tatis Jr. on your team for 14 years, I want what you're smoking because that's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. Let me take a sip of my beer. I got to keep the beer going. Uh, Cleveland Indians don't want to pay anybody. I thought they were good last year, weren't they? It's not the Cle- didn't they change their name? They didn't change their name yet. They just got rid of their logo, Cleveland Indians, Chief Wahoo or something. Uh, let's see. We got hate. Uh, Daddy Dabs hates 
perforated paper. It's terrible. There we go. That's just for you. Dylan dropping knowledge. Yeah, I'm always dropping knowledge on this show. You know how this goes on, on and off the field. I'm always dropping knowledge bombs all day, every day. Hey, this was a lot of fun. This was my team. The Seattle Mariners have fired their CEO, Kevin Mather, for a bunch of stuff. I ended up just copy and pasting this from ESPN to read because I didn't want to miss out on this, all this. So this, God, why did it have to be my team? Why did it have to be the Mariners? Okay. Over the course of a 45-minute chat to a local Rotary Club in early February, Seattle Mariners CEO Kevin Mather disparaged a Japanese player for not learning English, belittled a star prospect from the Dominican Republic for his language skills, and derided another top prospect while admitting to manipulating his service time. He called his team's best pitcher very boring and embellished the pitcher's actions in a clubhouse incident, told another falsehood about a well-respected veteran, and complained that the franchise's best player over the past decade was overpaid. So this guy either wanted to be fired. He didn't want to be here anymore. Like, you know, like how you envision quitting your job and you envision, you know, going into work, standing up on a table and just telling everyone to F off or like going into your boss's office and taking a dump on their desk. Like he couldn't do that because he's the CEO. He has no one's desk to dump on except his own. So instead he just gets up on a table in this case, a, a podium, and he just goes on this racist rampage of just horrible things. (laughs) I mean, some of it, the franchise's best player of the past decade, obviously King Felix was overpaid. That's probably true. I mean, that's fine. You can't, I mean, it's not fine to say that, but it's like fans say that kind of stuff all the time. Why can't he, I guess, but all these other things telling a guy, he should have learned English and belittling prospects because of their language. Sounds like solid front office management for the Mariners. Why did it have to be the Mariners? Why? I got my Mariners hat over there, but I can't wear it because it's got blue on it. And I got a blue screen behind me, so I can't wear that hat. <sighs> Why did it have to be the Mariners? So he got fired. Thank God he deserves to be fired. I'm glad that they just didn't issue an apology. That's a relief. All right. Moving on to NFL, let's talk about some NFL stuff, and then we'll wrap up the show. Well, man, maybe we can make it to like the eight o'clock hour. We'll do an hour show tonight without Derv. It sounds like a sounds like a solid plan. Carson Wentz. I know this happened so this this happened so long ago. Can I talk sports all day? But do you cover any esports? I've wanted to. I have to wrap my head around the esports community. You know, I have to figure out the teams, what what games to cover, uh, when tournaments are, where they're held. I have to start learning that knowledge because as much as I like esports, I don't really know. Like, you know, you, you talk about the NFL, you can dive in and talk about the teams and the records and how they do this well and do that well and do this bad and that bad. I can't do that with esports. You know, I, I'm not, I, don't, I don't know enough about that yet. I'm trying to become more knowledgeable about the professional esports world. So 
one day maybe we can talk esports. Maybe we can get an esports professional to join the on and off the field crew to talk about esports. That's an idea. If you know anyone that wants to talk about esports, it might hit me in the uh, hit me in the DMs and we'll talk. Same here. I like to learn more about esports. Hey, we can do it together. We can learn about esports together. Uh, Carson Wentz is a cult. I know that happened like last week at some point, whatever day it happened, but we didn't have a show last week, so we're talking about it now. Carson Wentz is finally a cult. He was never going anywhere else. If anyone thought he was going anywhere else, you're a fool. Strikeout beer, okay. I'll talk esports and great info here from Strikeout Beer. Hey, Ryan Francis will talk esports. All right. If you if you know a lot about esports, come and drop some knowledge on on and off the field. We'd love to talk about. At least I want to talk about esports. I've thought about it. The Colts D is going to take them as far as they can. The Colts defense is a tad overrated. I think, in my opinion, I think they're a great defense. I think they're top. They they might be pushing their way into the top five but I think they're a little overrated than what some people think. Uh, what's esports? It's um, gaming, basically, like Call of Duty tournaments and like Dota 2 League of Legends, stuff like that, Rocket League. Uh, you, don't, you don't know anything, but every week I could bring something I learned. Okay, <laughs> so you'd basically be doing what I would be doing on the esports segment, Ryan. That's not going to work. That's not going to work. Uh, Joshua Bailey agrees with me. Definitely, definitely overrated. Yeah, the Colts defense, I think, just wasn't as great as some people want them to be. It definitely played better than a lot of defenses. That's why I'm saying they might be top five. But I'm thinking top ten-ish. They might be around like eight, seven or eight. But now they have Carson Wentz for their offense. I don't know if this fixes their offense. It costs the Colts a third rounder and a second rounder next season. That could turn into a first rounder if Carson Wentz plays 75% or more of the snaps. It's basically injury insurance. You know, if he does bad, it's a second round pick. If he ends up playing the entire season, it's a first rounder for the Eagles. So to stick with the Colts, I don't know. Yeah, I'm taking your job. <laughs> I don't know if Carson Wentz fixes this entire offense. I still think, you know, that offense is missing something. They did lose Anthony Costanzo to retirement now. That's unfortunate on their offensive line. But, you know, T.Y. Hilton is not who he used to be. He's an old man at this point. You know, um, Michael Pittman Jr., he showed up a few times during the season, still rough around the edges. I think they have some pieces. and A lot of them were young. So if they can bring Carson in here, Frank Wright can fix him. Maybe this offense can click. But I have to I have to wait on Carson. You know, I, I think it's an upgrade over Phillip Rivers still. I never liked Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers was never my guy. If you want to listen to this show ever in a moment in your life, you know I'm not a Phillip Rivers fan. But I think Carson Wentz, if he can fix get fixed, like Josh says, Carson needs to fix himself. If he could fix himself, he would have done it already. He needs help. And I think that's where Frank Reich comes in. Frank Reich is his buddy. I think the relationship between Frank Reich and Carson Wentz is understated sometimes. They were literally the best of they were best friends in Philly. They hung out outside of the team. Um 
like they went to church together. They're both religious folks. And when he left, he was just a different person. They need each other. So if anyone can fix Carson, it's Frank Reich. And if Frank Reich can't fix him, then Carson Wentz's career is over. That this is his last stand for sure. He's young enough to keep going, but his his brains are scrambled. It helps having Taylor there to take some pressure off Wentz. Yep, Jonathan Taylor, great rookie season for the running back. Definitely could have been better, but it's a rookie year. What more do you want from a guy? He's running behind one of the best offensive lines in the league. Like I said, losing Anthony Costanzo, that hurts. But he's still a great running back. They have a couple of great good wide receivers on the outside. I think that's where they're lacking some downfield threats because T.Y. Hilton is not reliable any longer. But yeah, Michael Pittman Jr. is not giving up number 11. I don't know why he's so attached to number 11. He's worn it for one year, but he's not giving it up. <laughs> Phil is old. The only upgrade is youth. Wentz is pretty bad. Phil. Who's Phil? Phil is old. The only upgrade is youth. Wentz is pretty bad. Oh, Phil Rivers probably. Yeah, he, he's gone. He's done with career. He's done with football, so... Yeah, Phillip Rivers. Um, and moving over to the Eagles, it's now Jalen Hurts' turn in Philly, but hold on. Hold the phone. Nate Sudfeld will not be the only other quarterback on the roster for the Eagles. Multiple reports, insider reports, Dan Patrick show. He always has great, great reports from his insiders. They're saying the Eagles are looking at a quarterback for this draft, whether that's in the top 10 they have the sixth pick right now because they dropped that week uh, week 17 game to Washington. <sighs> yeah. Jalen Hurts might not get a fair shake. Jalen Hurts already got screwed out of that week 17 matchup when he was pulled early for, the, for Nate Sudfeld for some godforsaken reason. I don't think the Eagles want Jalen Hurts. They showed it in week 17. They didn't want him winning that game. And so they got the, the better draft pick and they're going to go up there and possibly get a quarterback. That, that would see, this is just painful for me to even talk about. Cause I, I hate it when it happens to these kids, Jalen Hurts should be given a full season, but they're going to have a rookie behind him breathing down his neck, a top 10 pick. Probably. I wouldn't be shocked. But it's going to hurt Jalen Hurts' development. They're going to be not paying attention to him. They're going to be trying to bring up two quarterbacks at once. I feel bad for Jalen if that does happen. So keep an eye on the Eagles draft pick. Could be another quarterback. I don't know if Rivers can afford to retire with all those kids he has. <laughs> yeah, that guy's got to keep working somewhere. He's going to get to go down to Walmart and be a greeter. Uh, they should get Fitzpatrick. I don't think the Dolphins are giving up Fitzpatrick. If he wants to restructure his contract because he's with the cap space going down, he's getting paid a little bit too much to be a backup down there. But, yeah, ooh, remember Josh Rosen. He still exists. Um, without Googling, I'll give, I'll, I'll give a high five to whoever can tell me what team Josh Rosen is on these days. I'll, <laughs> I, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll, I'll play an audio bite for whoever can tell me what team Josh Rosen is on without Googling it. San Francisco. Oh, Josh was quick on the draw. San Francisco. There we go. Yeah, he is not on the Buccaneers anymore. Not on the Buccaneers. 
He's with San Francisco these days. Any Tennessee Titans news? Oh, there actually is Tennessee Titans news. Hold on a second. Let me let me tell you what's going on with uh, the Tampa uh, Tennessee Titans. There's a report that Titans first round pick Isaiah Wilson, offensive lineman, he is upset with the team for not acknowledging his birthday on social media. Isaiah Wilson tweeted out and then deleted the tweet. He said, I am done with football as a Titan. No further comments. This all stems from the fact that Wilson was not did not receive a customary birthday message from the team via their social media accounts. There's your Tennessee Titans news. There, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, these kids are soft these days. Yeah, Isaiah, what turn? He only turned 22 years old. Oof. Yeah, caught him. I, it definitely seems like his days are done. He he turned out to be a bust, first round pick, offensive lineman. Just never never panned out. He only played. I think uh, he he didn't even play double double digit snaps in the 2020 season. Yeah, he's he's not going to last. Not going to last. Uh, J.J. Watt was released by the Texans. That happened a long time ago, but we didn't have a show last week. But here we are. J.J. Watt released by the Texans. Nobody knows where J.J. Watt's going. Okay? Let's make this entirely clear. Let's get this out in the open. All right? Nobody knows where J.J. Watt is going. He has not told anybody. He's just working his way around. He's taking phone calls. He's getting wined and dined. You know, and wine dined, and what's the? <laughs> I can't say that. Um, he's just working his way around the league. Some people said the Browns are the favorites. Some people want him like just because you want him to go to the Steelers to play with his brother doesn't mean he's going to the Steelers to play with his brother. No one knows where JJ Watt's going to land. And then Strikeout Beer comes in with exactly my next comment: No one cares. He'll just get injured preseason or by week two. That's my other point. Why does everyone care where J.J. Watt goes? This dude was a monster back in his prime. But guess what? He's older. He's extremely injury prone. And he has done nothing worth discussing in the past two years, three years, two, three. It's it's probably been longer than that. All right? He won three Defensive Player of the Year awards. He was an amazing player back in the day. But his career is... He might sign a one two year deal with his next team and then probably retire. It'll it'll just be a farewell tour. That's it. And it we can't hang on to the past, folks. This is what I love writing about in my blog articles that I write uh, for the Cold Wire. For those who don't know, the coldwire.com. I write for them. I always talk about people have to let go of the past. These are people that we grew up watching and we love them and we want them to be good forever. But guess what? Not everybody's Tom Brady. All right, J.J. Watt's going to go to a team. He's going to he's going to play maybe 30, 40% of the snaps. He might get four or five sacks if he's lucky, depends on what team he's on. He's just not a he's just not a stud anymore and it sucks. He's a good person, that's great, but yeah. <laughs> I can see Cleveland Watts competitive might want to play with his brothers twice a year against his brothers twice a year. Plus you would have Garrett who needs double triple teamed. I think that's where a lot of people are going with it. If you play with Miles Garrett, you might get some more one-on-ones, which could help, you know, obviously help your situation. Um, speaking of the Texans, though, 
we have to go over to Deshaun Watson. And obviously the Texans said we're not trading Deshaun. I don't know why they would say that. Deshaun's obviously not going to play for you. I don't I don't know what's going to happen with the Texans. A lot of people are saying that he's not going to be traded. Some people think the Texans will hold their ground, and if Deshaun wants to hold out, let him hold out. Let, let's see how deep into the season Deshaun Watson can make it until he hits that point of where he can't return. There's a certain like week 10, week 9, week 10, you can't play after that point. Um, so we're waiting to see if Deshaun Watson's going to get traded or not. And right now, in my eyes, the leading candidate has to be the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers have a lot of young talent on their defense, which is what the Texans are looking for to get back in a trade. They want two young defensive stars. Some people are saying Christian McCaffrey could be part of the trade, but that's not if, if they do give them Christian McCaffrey, it's not what they asked for. It could happen, but it's not what the Texans are looking for. They want defensive starters. But the Panthers have a lot of defensive studs over there. They could give up any of them and then just redraft to fill the spots. They've drafted amazing defensive players over the last year, uh, year or two. So they can definitely replace them. I don't think that's a concern for them. They can send Teddy Bridgewater over. They've cleared up over $28.5 million for the cap space just over the last week with people that they've released. It just looks like the stars are aligning. It just looks like the Panthers are just making way to roll out the red carpet for Deshaun Watson. They're clearing all this space. They're tabbing up who they're going to put in the trade offer. And then they're going to knock down the Texans door and be like, here, an offer you can't refuse. Take it. So that that's where I'm leading. Uh, JJ Watt will call the show and let us know where you're going. Need to settle a bet. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, oh, you tag him? Good. All right. JJ Watt, yeah, we need to know where you're going. We need to clear this up. Uh, so the Panthers, Deshaun Watson the Panthers, write that down. And it's also franchise tag time. Teams are allowed to put the franchise tag on players now. Uh, For those who don't know how the franchise tag works, uh, the first year that you are franchise tagged, so let's say Dak Prescott, his contract will be the league average for quarterbacks, for starting quarterbacks. So he was paid a lot virtually, like $28, $30 million, something crazy. But... If they franchise them, if you franchise tag the same player two years in a row, they get a 20% uptick in their cont- in their money. So I don't know what it is, but if you made 30 million, he's going to get like 36 million this next season, something like that. 20% more the next season after that, you're getting paid like 50. I, I saw, I said like $52 million for just one season if they fran- keep franchise tagging him. So this is a big decision moment for the Cowboys. Either Dak Prescott's going to get franchise tagged again. It's going to cost them a buttload of money with Dak Prescott coming off an injury. Or do you take a risk with Dak Prescott's injury and you sign up to a long-term deal and bank on him? See, this is where Jerry Jones, this is where Jerry Jones comes in. Because Jerry Jones said after his injury, he said, This is our guy. This is our guy. We're going to give him whatever he wants. This is this is our long-term guy. We want Dak. We'll give him whatever he wants. We want him here forever. Well, put up or shut up, buddy. Here we are. It's time. Franchise tag time. If you don't tag him by March 9th, then it's a long-term deal or you got to get rid of him, and then you're a liar. And no one likes a liar, Jerry. No one likes a liar. Uh, Running back Aaron Jones is another candidate for the Packers. Are you going to keep Aaron Jones? Are you going to keep... 
Jamal Williams, I believe, is the other one. Because you have A.J. Dillon coming behind. Do you need all three of them? Probably not. So you're going to get rid of Aaron Jones. You're going to get rid of Williams. You're going to get rid of A.J. Dillon. You're not going to get rid of A.J. Dillon. So they might be able to get... I I saw a couple of... You know, a couple of articles that said they could get rid of Williams and then tag Aaron Jones to keep A.J. Dillon. Have a cool little two-headed monster situation going on in Green Bay. Tight end Johnu Smith for the Titans. Um, saying Aaron Jones with your fingers crossed or Aaron Jones, you're saying peace sign. Do you not want Aaron Jones? Joshua Bailey, the Packers fan. Do you want Aaron Jones or are you telling him to get out of here? Let me throw the comp on the big screen. It looks like a peace sign. See you later, Aaron Jones. Josh wants you out of Green Bay. Peace out. All right. Peace out. Uh, Jonu Smith for the Titans, tight end. He could be tagged or he could be, you know, he's a very popular free agent for a lot of teams, including Seattle. Seattle needs a tight end. Jonu Smith is an amazing pass-catching tight end. Dude's a red zone monster. Uh, We talked about Chris Godwin, wide receiver for the Buccaneers a little bit with Greg when he was on the show. Uh, he could he's a very possible candidate for the tag uh tight end hunter henry for the chargers hunter henry is very vocal about his situation hunter henry has said that he wants to play for a good quarterback doesn't care where he goes just wants to win excuse me so he's being very vocal about his situation but you know the tag is surrounding his name as well to stay in uh stay with the chargers so very exciting times in the world of the NFL. It's it's put up and shut up time. If you don't tag them, it's either a long term deal or you're letting them you're letting them go. Who will use the tag and who will not? Not every team has to use one. They usually don't. So, uh, and that's pretty much all I put down for the show. I got everything I wanted to say out of there. Don't forget to congratulate Aaron Rodgers on his engagement to actress shailene woodley everyone go over to his twitter instagram whatever and say congratulations it's a very big moment no one cares i'm just kidding um i i I once again want to thank our guest for the show greg allman tampa bay buccaneers reporter for the athletic he has a book out co-author of champa bay available from triumph books you can get on amazon all kinds of online sources wherever you get your books and that's our show Thank everyone for tuning in. We had 18 likes on the show. We had people in the comments all show long. Appreciate everyone who came out to just tune in for this quick hour. Next week, we will have Durf back. We'll be back to our regular scheduled programming. Cannot wait. Um, who knows what's in store? I don't know what we're going to be talking about, but we have a full off season of NFL news to cover. It's going to be exciting times. So we will be back next week because, oh, Durf's not here. Well, I guess I'll say it. We'll be back next week because Mama didn't raise no wussies. <laughs>